Are you ready to become the top in your field? I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome to the Tradeswoman Talk Podcast, a show designed for you. One that strives to forge solidarity amongst tradeswomen. For years, this has been predominantly a male-driven industry. However, we are now entering a new era, one where whatever we truly desire can be ours. Like we have been saying for years, jobs don't have genders. On this show, we'll share information with each other as a collective to empower each other. I love being a part of such a great community. Share with us your trade secrets as we share ours with you. It's our time to do more than survive. It's our time to thrive. We're happy to have you here with us on the Tradeswoman Talk Podcast. And now your host of the show, Judeline Cassidy. Welcome to Tradeswoman Talk, a show designed for you, one that strives to forge solidarity among straight women. I am Judeline Cassidy, the founder of the nonprofit organization Tools and Tiaras, and your host today. Today, we welcome Tanya Hicks. Hello, Tanya. How are you? Hi. We're so happy to have you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So I have to read your impressive bio. When I found out about you, I was a big, I became a big fan. So I had to reach out and ask you to be our first guest on our podcast because your bio is impressive. Tanya L. Hicks is the president and CEO of Power Solutions, Inc., and the managing principal of Women Do Everything, LLC. Mrs. Hicks is a serial entrepreneur and genuine wireman electrician in the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, IBW. She became the first woman to be a journeyman wireman in local 917 IBW in her hometown of Meridian, Mississippi. She is also one of the few African-American women to join the IBW in the state of Mississippi. Her primary jobs as a journeyman, wireman, electrician were industrial, working on paper mills, steel mills, and car plants. Mrs. Hicks specializes in robotics and high-voltage equipment installation and repair. In 2000, at the age of 28, Ms. Hicks founded Power Solution Inc., an electrical contracting facility maintenance company. In 2018, Mrs. Hicks launched a subsidiary to do business globally, specializing in consulting and installation of renewable energy, sustainability, and smart city technology. In 2015, Mrs. Hicks launched Women Do Everything LLC a career and personal development agency supporting women in male-dominated industry with training, career development, and job placement. Tonya Hicks is a mom of two sons, Rashim and Vincent. Mrs. Hicks serves on multiple boards, multiple nonprofit boards, and volunteers in various community projects. Recently, Mrs. Hicks was featured in the New York Times, Who's in Charge, and Forge Japan for pursuing international business in Singapore with Dell Technologies. Mrs. Hicks enjoys golf, cooking, gardening, and working in the community. Tanya, let's get acquainted. I mean, I was just so impressed with uh, all the things that you do. And I just figured it's time that we sisters talk. And I am honored that you said yes. So I have something for you, Tanya. We're going to do something called our segment five in five. You ready? I'm ready. 
You're ready. So you just choose one. You can't take long. It's five and five. Netflix or Amazon? Netflix. Most comfortable in skirts or pants? Skirts. Okay. Vacay in the Caribbean or Europe? Europe. Favorite season? Spring. Nice. If you were stranded on an island and you had only one choice of music, what would it be? Hip-hop. Ooh, girl. Okay. Thank you so much. For, that was quick. You did the rapid five. Right. <laughs> yes. So some of the questions I kind of like wanted to ask when I read New York Times article, it says, as a girl growing up, you stated in the New York Times article that you love working on cars. What was it about working on cars that at five years old, excited you and you were willing to risk your dresses right <laughs> I don't know if it's, it was because because I have a lot of uncles my mother is the only girl out of six and so I think it was like uh working with uh, my uncles and doing what they did I know that I love that but I fell in love with tools mm. and so my uncle that I just mentioned in the on the um in the article, Melvin, he went to college to become an industrial mechanic. And so he would bring all these motors home and, you know, just figuring out what to do with them. And yeah, I had a lot of oil under my nails and in my hair. And because sometimes we would be under cars, but I love fixing stuff. I love him bringing uh, motors and different things home, whether it was a carburetor, no matter what it was. For us to fix something that was broken. I've always been fascinated. I even got a, you know, we call it whoopings when I'm in, I'm from Meridian, Mississippi. So we don't call it a spanking. It's a whooping. <laughs> I even got a whooping for taking the television apart. Wow. And the television wasn't working. So I took off the back of it to see, to, to repair it. And so it just. I may have always wanted to do do stuff like that, but I think yeah. spark what sparked my interest was my uncle seeing him bring things back to life. Nice. I like how you said that bringing back things to life. That's that's kind of like uh, I see with cause it's not working and then you have the opportunity to fix it and bring it back into life. So yeah. earlier on in your life in college, you were a major in math and you minored in computer science. Tell yeah. us some of the reasons why you ventured down that path. Of course, I wanted to go to college free, <laughs> but I was already in good with mathematics. So I, I went to college on a math scholarship wow. um, to at Central State University in Wilberforce, Ohio, right outside of Dayton. And I loved math. And so I did everything I could in the math and science uh, buildings and department. So I was not good with English. <laughs> I hated writing. I love reading, but only reading technical things. Wow. Or self-help things or things about scientists or something. Cool. Um, yeah. So, but while I was in college, my professor, one of my professors, I told him that I wanted to work for the government, like do, cracking codes and doing stuff like that. <laughs> and he was like, well, they don't let women do things like that. So mm. the best thing for you to do is to be a teacher, math teacher. And 
at the time, to be honest, they weren't, they were just like the hidden figures women. Yeah. The one you would see um, Taraji P. Henson's character, uh, Catherine doing, it'll be one problem and it'll take two whole boards to figure mm-hmm. out the problem. Yeah. That's what I learned to do in college. And mm-hmm. I loved it. I took all three calculus, stoichiometry. I took all those different things, but because that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I was crushed after that. It was after my sophomore. And mm-hmm. at the end of my sophomore year, I just, because I have a lot of teachers and nurses in my family, mm-hmm. those were two paths I did not want to take. And I didn't know what to do. So that summer, I went to went home and with the thought that I was not going to return because I did not want to do that. I didn't know what I was going to be. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to do what my uncle did and become an industrial mechanic. Right. But I worked on a construction site on a pa- at, at a paper mill. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't. I saw electricians doing the construction work, but I most importantly saw the electricians that worked in the plant. And mm. they used mathematics all day, making calculations, um, supporting <laughs> the engineers and installing the robotics and the equipment. I was like, well, that's what I'm going to do. Nice. I like I that. I didn't know uh-huh. how I was going to do it, but I was like, I can do that. And I, had, I was so clueless. I was only 20 <laughs> years old and it was just like, I didn't even know that we weren't in the industry like that. Right. And I didn't even know that it was supposed to be hard for women. I didn't yeah. know. I'll just decide. I was one of those people, whatever I decided to do, I was going to do it. I mean, I love how you said that because I think maybe just listening to you now that that actually worked to your advantage. Because if you probably had known that it probably was difficult for women to get in, you might have backed off. So uh, one of the questions I have for you is, were you afraid when you forfeited, when you finally decided to follow this path? Were you afraid when you forfeited your scholarship to pursue your career as an electrician? And if you were, how did you push beyond that fear to just go get it? Well, no, I didn't. I wasn't afraid at all. I didn't even have a sense of fear. I think, well, I had a sense of fear from another standpoint. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't about my ability to do a job or my ability to um, make it not going to college. It was mm-hmm. very few people in my family, you know, that went to college, you know, in the African-American community, you know, it was, it was a lot of people didn't go to college. So it wasn't like, oh, OK, if you don't go to college, your life is over. But and and when you grow up in an environment where there are a lot of blue collar workers, mm-hmm that learn trades and work in paper mills and steel mills and car plants, you kind of think differently. But I think most importantly, my uncles put in me that I can do anything. Mm. And when I told my um, my uncle Melvin that I was going to do this thing, he said, um, well, you know, you're smarter than all of them, you know, <laughs> SOBs on that job, right? And I'm like, yes, sir. And he said, he said, well, do do what I taught you to do. Do your damn work. Nice. Do your homework. Because, you know, as an apprentice, you have homework. He said, do your yeah. homework. And he said, you always know you're the best that's out there. And I oh, kept wow. it in my mind 
I'm and so I even would tell some of the other the other apprentices, the guys, I'm like, you know, I'm better than y'all, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Could you repeat what he said? Because I think that is like a phrase that we definitely need to write down. What did he say? He told me, well, I don't know about the SOB part, but he said, yeah. you're smarter than all them SOBs out there. He said, but he, he said, you're the, he said, always remember, mm-hmm. you're the best one there. Nice. I love that. And, That's and a- I kept that yeah. in my mind. I'm the best one here. I love that. I, I love that, that, um, that confidence and cockiness. I just love that because that helped me uh, a lot in the trades. And that's something what we preach with tools and tiaras to our girls that jobs don't have gender. So I think your uncle was onto something way back then. It's a, a phrase. I don't know who coined it. I think it's unknown uh-huh. that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And my, Uncles put my uncle, well, several of them put it in me that, you know, they might have more than you, but make sure they don't outwork you. Wow. Words to live by. I like that. So um, I want you to share with us your journey about becoming an electrician and how you, I mean, this is amazing, became the first woman to complete local 917 IBW apprenticeship. Well, well, once I had to take a, well, I found out in the newspaper that it was this thing called the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. And um, it was the same uh, logo, as we would call it a logo, but we call mm-hmm. it a bug eye. But um, a a bug. it's a bug, we call it a bug. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, a, it's the symbol for the IBEW. And I said, oh, these are the same that because electricians in the plant were also from um, a different local, but in the IBEW. And I said, oh, well, I want to go there because I want to be the same electrician. (laughs) And you had to take an aptitude test. And the lady at the Department of Labor, when you take the test, said, you know, you made the highest score since I've worked here. I've been here 30 years. You made the highest score. I was like, wow, wow. Well, I hope they pick me, you know, because still the union had, I had to go through an interviewing process with five different uh, men in Mm. order to be interviewed. And I had a man tell me, you know, we've had three white women try before. What make you think you can do this? And I Mm. said, well, I don't know nothing about white women, but I know black women, we do, we do everything. (laughs) <laughs> we can do anything you know I'm like I which was true yeah. and Mississippi we kind of segregated so I never grew up with you know knowing the abilities of white women but when he phrased it to me like that well I, I don't know what about them but I know what we can do and I, I said I'm gonna stick it out and I'm yes. gonna be here yes. and that's what I did for an entire five years and it was I can't say it wasn't hard and I didn't have some challenges, right. but I looked at that as, as, um, cause I also grew up in the projects, mm. you know, and, and grew up poor. And, um, I don't know. It, it, it's like when you grow up in a certain environment, it's kind of tough and rough. Yeah. It's, and you have to go through an alley or go through a hard part to get home. Mm. All you focus on is I'm going to do what I got to do to get home. And I would have that mentality every day 
I'm going to do what I got to do to complete this year. I will set milestones for myself. I'm going to do what I got to do to graduate. And that's what I did. Uh, that's amazing. Our story is so similar because I was one of the first women to get into uh, to complete the apprenticeship of my local Staten Island 371. And like you, I grew up really, really poor sleeping in the same bed with my grandmother, great-grandmother, till I was 17 in Trinidad and Tobago. So I was the same things you're saying, listening to you is resonating and bringing back those memories. Like, I have to make it. If I don't make it, I don't want to be uh, living here being somebody's common-law wife and getting, you know, uh, not having access to becoming something. So I think uh, along those lines, we have such uh, similar stories of um, just knowing that we was not going to accept our current situation or station in life and push um, forward. So next question I have for you is like, what kind of personality profile do you think is best suited for a successful career in the trades? And what is one important skill set someone should have? Well, I, I don't know much about personality traits, but one thing I do know is you have to have you have to be have determination. You mm -hmm. also have to have tenacity. It's a lot that you're going to face. There's a lot of people that are not going to want you there. A lot of the times it's because they're just not used to working with women or feel, or they make it more difficult than it really is. Yeah. And um, you also need to have a healthy self-esteem. Mm. Preach. Yes. So, <laughs> so it does help to be confident to be determined, to be um, humble, yeah, and to also have, I don't know if this is a personality trait, but you, you need to have uh, empathy. And mm -hmm. I think that's one thing I had, knowing they weren't familiar working with women or some mm -hmm. of them not even working with Black women or mm -hmm. Black people, period. But I also understood the level, there's some level of ignorance. Right. And unfamiliarity, and that I need to be—I needed to be approachable. Mm. I needed to be teachable. I also needed to have respect for them, regardless of the way they acted. I totally agree with you. I felt the same way being an immigrant, and I always tell people that I wouldn't have been a really good plumber if uh, these men didn't step out and uh, fate and and teach me. And I know you have that same experience. And I felt just like you, like showing up every day and being humble. And I love what you said, empathy, because if you empathize, you will understand that this was all they knew for such a long time. The construction site was theirs, you know, and here we come. Yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. So I totally yes. agree with that. Uh, yeah. Um, how have you established yourself and your comp and your company differently from others? Any recommendations to other women interested in starting their own company, um, construction company? What I would suggest uh, women do that if you're, and it's a difference to me, if mm -hmm. you're in the trade and want to start a business versus you know nothing about construction and want to start a business or okay. wanting to take over a business from your father or grandfather. You know, sometimes you, you have I've seen women come in uh, industry because they either married someone 
uh, that was in the, uh, in a trade and wanted to start a business or they inherited it, you know, mm-hmm. never thought about being in it, but you know, they, they, they needed help or they wanted to pass it down to you. And, um, I would suggest that, um, you, you do as much research on the trades as possible. You also join organizations like the National Association of Women Construction. I'm a past president in the National Association of Women Construction. I love the organization. Yeah. And other trade organizations, even within the union. Um, even joining just um, different chambers of commerce that have contractors in it. Mm-hmm. I think you should um, join organizations to familiarize yourself with these with people that are in those trades. Now, if you're already in the trade, I think you should, the most important, well, for both, you should familiarize yourself with as much business as possible. Um, I'm a member of the National Association of Women Business Owners. I think it's the, the I'm, I don't know, I, I want to say it's the the top of the line women business organization, but I really feel that way. So that's how you feel. You say, girl. Yeah, how I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's like the oldest. It is the oldest women's business organization. The oldest, okay. and these women are serious about moving a needle. They're serious about business. You have to be in an environment to nurture what you want, hmm. and and um, you also in building your business. You also need to have a therapist or um, <laughs> and I'm gonna say that, yeah, I had, I had Being a, real, I love that. Yeah, yeah. You need to have a therapist. And some people are like, well, nothing's wrong with me. It's not about something being wrong with you, but you need to learn how to, to manage your stress. I'm in stress management. Mm-hmm. Sometimes women we lose our gauge on doing too much. Yeah. Sometimes we, we we keep putting things on the plate and we don't build the necessary infrastructure to support us. So just like your attorneys, your accountants, your your advisors, your mentors, you need a um a therapist that will yeah. help you keep you in line with your personal goals and who you are as a person and making sure that you're emotionally, you know, supported. I don't think yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No, I I agree with you because uh, so I think what you're saying is we should have a circle of sisters um, that we join some organization that can support us, do some meditation, get a therapist. I like that because I being all uh, you will understand a lot of Black women we so used to carrying so many burdens that we don't realize that we're taking on too much until it hits you so hard, and uh, I I think all the things you say, you know, really, really good points. And I think also getting a coach that helped me a lot too, of keeping focus and not being swayed by every wind. So yeah, those oh, are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great, great advice. Um, so one of the questions I'm really, I am passionate about, and I see that you were passionate about what intentional actions do you think um, is needed to encourage girls and women to consider the trades as a viable option? I think we need to introduce girls to um, to building and engineering early. Just like myself at age five, my uncle allowing me to pass him his tools while he's working or allowing me to 
to to tighten stuff with the um with the wrench mm. or the you know it those were in that those things were empowering for me yeah. and um it made me feel like I could fix anything <laughs> and yeah. and and even when he would um start a motor he'll ask me what do you hear and you know I'll tell him what I heard and he'll say when you hear that, this is what's happening. Wow. And so even today, I can walk into a mechanical room. I can hear the motor for an air handler turning, and I can tell what's wrong with it. Wow, that is impressive. Oh, my gosh, that is so cool. And I think what you're saying is so true. That's why... I uh, started Tools and Tiaras, Inc. And uh, we teach girls as young as six years old exactly what you're saying about cars, plumbing, electrical. And people are really amazed that we have girls that young. But I think you're really right because at five, you were doing this. Yes. That's amazing. The next question I have for you is, what message do you think every woman should hear? And what do you love most about yourself? Um, I think what I like most about myself, love, girl, love. I mean, okay, love most <laughs> about myself, about myself, is that I'm I'm curious about a lot of stuff, nice. and I think as you grow older, you should always have a sense of curiosity mm. about things that you don't know, and I. And I seek to learn things that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I think curiosity has a big deal to do with growth. And I never want to stop growing and learning. Nice. I love that. And what message do you think every woman should hear? I think that women should not allow their lows to get them too low or their highs to get them too high. Mm. Preach it, girl. You keep it right there in the middle, you'll be just fine. Amen. I like that. That That's going to be one of my new mantras that I put up on my mirror. I love having those. I like that. That's really good. So I have one final question. And this question is, one ritual you do daily that feeds your soul and make you feel alive, girl? One ritual I do daily is meditation. And I don't care if it's just for five minutes or two minutes. It's me- meditation has been the key to reducing my anxiety. And it also gets me in tune with my own self. Mm-hmm. Meditation is, is not the same as praying. Yes. I think meditation is learning how to control your mind. And when, because I am a leader, it costs me to be emotional. So being able to control my mind controls my emotions. And nice. so even if it's things I need to deal with, I know how to control my, when you have control of your mind, you control your thoughts and you can file things away until you have time to deal with them. Yeah. Um, one question I actually forgot to ask you, um, my bad sister, give us some, some more insight about why you establish, I love the name of your organization, Women Do Everything LLC. What is its purpose, its intent, and how does it extend your personal mission? The purpose, our purpose at Women Do Everything is to introduce 
promote and support women in male-dominated industries. And the way it supports my per- per- personal mission is because it's too, it's too, it's too few of us. Uh, mm. It's only two of all tradespeople, only 2.9% are tradeswomen. And I I feel like for 2020, that's like ridiculous. <laughs> I'm tired of being the only one on a lot of teams. I'm tired of being it just being a few. And I really want to do everything I can to introduce women to these industries. I feel like just like with yourself, if women don't see us or girls don't see us, they don't know what they can be. And it's like when there's too few of us, we're hidden. And that's why that movie Hidden Figures, mm-hmm. I, I don't think the only part of that movie is not relevant today or the same is we get to use the same black bathroom. Yeah. It's... Other than that, it's exactly the same today. And I think it's time for us to to move the needle, to increase the numbers and to provide more lucrative opportunities for women that already work hard. They might as well make more money as well. Girl, I agree with you. More dead presidents is why I became a plumber. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so I totally agree. So, Tanya, how can we find out more about your company, Power Solutions, and Women Do Everything? Um, you can find out about Women Do Everything on our website, womendoeverything.com. You can also reach, um, you can follow us at um, my uh, on she, she Do Everything. She Do Everything is, it started out as like my personal like handle on Instagram. But what I realized, I love supporting women that do everything in all different type of male-dominated industries. So like on our Twitter and on our Facebook, a lot of the time we 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 put like things in the news. We share stories about women in different male-dominated industries to in order for other women to see them, be inspired by them, and hopefully um, pursue pursue some of the same careers. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor. And from a fangirl of yours uh, talking to you, I am so happy that you shared your story with us. And I know that somebody somewhere is listening and this is going to inspire them to do that thing, that thing that the universe sent you to do. Um, we really, really, really appreciate you sharing your time. Thank you so much. Any last words you want to say before we go? No, I just want to say I'm so proud of you for what you are doing. And I love how you're um, using your time and your own resources to help young girls. And I want to commit to you that we're going to help you do that. Oh my gosh! Thank and you. And we can. We, we still got to come up with what that looks like. Love, but I know yeah. financially we're gonna help you. But we want to help you. You do that. The children are our future. We not just want to um, support the young girls on learning how to do it. We also want to want boys that are growing up with them to see them doing it. 
Yeah, I totally appreciate it. And that's really my passion. And uh, I go to high schools and talk to young men. Also, my, you know, the nonprofit tools and tier hours is for girls, because like you said, the number is what I want to change. But I really believe that there is power in the trades. And I want more people to let their kids uh, uh, join careers in the trades. So again, I know it's a difficult time we're going through um, with the virus and all that happening. So I appreciate and thank you for all that you are doing, being an essential worker, your company. I know, you, you know, it's like plumbing is an essential uh, worker, quote, uh, uh, career. But thank you. And I just want to say thank you from my bottom of my heart. And I wish you all the blessings and girl, lots of dollars your way. All right. Thank you all so right. much. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Tradeswoman Talk Podcast. Stay connected with us directly through www.toolsandtierras.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Tools and Tierras. I always follow them. I always follow them. If you would like to connect with us, please send us an email through info at toolsandtierras.org. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, make sure you let someone know how magnificent they truly are.